Hello, and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast for Eastlake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is Brent. Hey, everybody. Hey. Happy uh, snow week for all of us. I know. it's gonna. I feel like it's going to melt, though. It's supposed to be above freezing during the day, it's, at least. Uh, it's such a nice day out now. It's, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous out. And I do hope it uh, warms up to the point where the roads are clear, and then the snow can stay on the side. I'm okay with that for yeah. a little longer. Yeah. I just want to be able to drive places in my car and i've mentioned this in the past my car is the worst car i've ever owned in snow (laughs) today i barely made it uh and and the roads were just dandy i think just totally fine but getting out of my neighborhood i spun out several times oh no like a (laughs) go-kart man it was awful so my car is kind of beastie in the snow so i love it which is amazing your car's smaller than mine i don't it's about the same size i have a chevy malibu i don't know what it is about. i don't know it's so bad i don't know I don't know either, but it, my car does great in the yeah. snow. Although I did on Sunday driving you, here. You made it here on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I did you were fish. one of like 25 people <laughs> yeah, who made it to church. On people were like, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, I'm not coming. <laughs> what are we talking about? Money? No, I'm out. I'm yeah. Out. And it's like snowy and gross. No. Um, yeah. I, I did fishtail one time, though, on the yeah. way here. And I was like, oh, now I'm yeah. awake. <laughs> Well, uh, Kylie's car is all-wheel drive, so it's it's a beast in the snow. So we, I'll go anywhere in that thing. Um, I'll go slow because I, I I definitely don't want to wreck it. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was uh, an interesting week to <laughs> to um, have. I was so excited about stay of the church, and I still am. It was really really great weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, if you had asked me, you know, what do you think the reception is going to be? I I thought it would be our biggest Sunday of our <laughs> oh no of our thing, like the smallest by far, uh, and by far, and. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if that's a vote against not everybody is as interested in the material as Brent is, uh, which is possibly the case. Um, but, but I think more so people just looked out their window and thought, you I'm know, just not going anywhere. I feel like it was watched pretty well online. Like, yeah. I feel like we had pretty decent numbers in terms of watching online. So I think it was just the snow. Yeah. Not the- and if you missed it and you're listening to this podcast, you should like push pause on this and go <laughs> watch that or listen to that. Uh, because it was really, really a good, uh, a good time. And the, the board I thought did fantastic in kind of communicating our mission. Again, a clarifying week for us, uh, a celebration of kind of where, you know, how 2020 ended up being for us. Um, and, uh, some big announcements about, uh, church moving forward and, and reopening stuff for us. Not to mention on Sunday, uh, while we were talking the updates came through on our phones about us moving to phase two. Cause I, you've probably heard the news um, on Friday. We were the only uh, region to not make it. Uh, we were the black sheep of yeah. it. This is probably an indictment again of us booing Inslee last time he was in town. Um, and so Your shoes are really loud, super squeaky. They're, they're super wet. I've been shoveling snow all afternoon. I'm, it's, I'm, they're soaking wet. My feet are freezing right oh now. Oh my gosh. Um, anyways, we're standing up there talking and mm-hmm. our, all of our phones start buzzing and my, and my I have my computer open cause I'm reading text messages and I can see, you know, we found votes there. We're, you're in, we're we in. Found votes. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. like that. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> you made it. You, One of the hospitals in the region had been reporting their cases. Yeah. Come on, Walla Walla. Get your <laughs> act together. This is like the most important thing for our local economy. <laughs> In 20 years, and you're reporting insufficient data? Get out of here. Anyways. Uh, they fixed it, though. They did. They fixed it. And uh, on, it sucked, though, I'm sure, if you are a restaurant owner, because um, the goal was to do it on Friday so you had time to get ready for Valentine's Day being Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you found out on Friday that it's not, not going to be open, then you didn't schedule, you didn't order the food, you didn't get the stuff. 
Um, so it really was, I'm sure, I'm sure for local restaurants, just the thanks for kicking me while I'm down and, and it's not like, and I'm still not able to recover in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, good I moving mean, I forward. Know. Like, I feel like they probably made it work. They've been, they've been making it work, making it work yeah. for a while. So, but like even in New York, like uh, Cuomo changed it. It was going to be Sunday to, to do it. And restaurants go, Hey, we need to know by Friday. Cause we got to schedule our people. Yeah. And he moved it back to, to two days for, to be, to accommodate for that. I think that's what Indley was trying to do mm-hmm. uh, as well. And then it just didn't work. And it worked. I mean, obviously it ended up being open, but um, yeah. anyways, it was Valentine's day. Happy Valentine's day, late yep. Valentine's mm-hmm. day for everybody. Um, it, uh, it was, uh, uh, I, I love my wife and she is my Valentine has been for a long time. Uh, we, it's not, it has never really been a huge thing for us. Not to mention it's on a Sunday at state of the church. We had two kids birthdays this weekend. Uh-huh. Yep. And so it that's was true. Cause you always have like three of your have, kids are born on either side of Valentine's yes, day. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the twins are born on the 12th and then London's turning 13. I might be a parent of a teenager on yeah. Thursday guys. Yeah. Um, and so it was just kind of a mess in terms of all kinds of other things getting apart. So I, I like, we, I, we sat down on the couch at night at on Sunday night and I, you know, turn over and I was like, Hey, happy Valentine's day, by the way. You know, one of those is, I know maybe I'm a bad husband. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but, uh, it, it definitely hasn't meant as much to me. I did see a post, um, that I, I appreciated online. Somebody, uh, that, uh, I don't know, but they got retweeted by somebody. Mm-hmm. Some of the best marriage, they said this, uh, some of the best marriages I know, um, were said nothing about valentine's day on their twitter feed right like <laughs> yeah like it's okay you don't have to you don't have to do that For you know sure, what i mean definitely um so anyways it's just today it's just today baby yeah yep <laughs> i like it like to remind you know just remember how much i am loved like i don't have a significant other but like yeah just in general how much love i have in my life so. yeah my mom did buy me a box of chocolates though nice which i was really surprised about Cause she used to do it growing up all the time and even like well into my adulthood, but the past few years she hasn't. Um, so I wasn't really expecting anything. And then I got to their house on Saturday and there was a box of chocolates. Oh man, she went out shopping table. for you. No, I she's think- feeling invincible with all that vaccine <laughs> she, running through her veins. She went to Costco and was like, Oh, a box of chocolates. I'll get that for Megan. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I got some chocolates. It was the, pretty good. Those cookies I brought last week are almost all gone. <laughs> just an update. Just to, not that you care, but, uh, well, yeah. you worked them off today with all your shoveling. I did. I'm ready. I'm excited <laughs> to go home and eat more cookies. <laughs> so that's good. That's fun. Uh, yep. Yeah. Good. That's pretty much it. Just snow and state of the church. That's what happened. Yeah. This week. No, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> that was our weekend. Exactly. Uh, we uh, we didn't do a series. It was like like I said, the state of, mm-hmm. uh, standalone kind of state of the church thing. By the way, if you missed it um, and you have and you want to listen to it, make sure when you do that that you download the little infographic that Eric took a ton of time to put together because it looks awesome. He did great, and I think it communicates in visual terms a lot of the exciting things that took place uh, in the last year. So I believe that's available via the app, or if you go to eastlaketricity.com slash sotc, it's going to be there um, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's exciting. A couple of, we had, uh, six of our board members or let's see, I'm including that six, six of the seven were there. I was one of the six. One person was missing. Um, at least was on vacay. Uh, but everybody else kind of had a chance to kind of be able to share their story and, and what's, what's exciting. What's been hard about, they wanted to really, um, leverage the, you know, the, this has not been a fun season for all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're all very humanized the the point of it to before we just get into numbers like here's some stories of of things and i thought that was great and uh hearing some of them 
speak to some of that and what they're passionate about in their areas, which is awesome and, and, uh, voice some deals. So, uh, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had a couple of questions come through. Uh, number one, Leah Marcus, uh, asked a question about how does one get on the board? And I actually had a conversation with somebody in the lobby afterwards as well. Uh, and then term limits involved in that. And I, I believe Leah mentioned that John started talking about it, but then he got kind of switched up on topics. And so, cause that wasn't really on the agenda. Um, so just to answer that, for those of you who might be interested, if this is of interest to you, um, our board serves one-year terms, uh, successive uh, optional, they can on-ramps, off-ramps every year, um, starts in June, ends in May. We ask for a kind of a one-year commitment. And then about April time, we start asking them, are you interested in renewal or, or is this a good time to get off? Um, we don't have a minimum or, well, we by our bylaws, we have to have three and we can't have more than nine. Uh, we operate somewhere in the middle with that. Seven seems to have been, seems to be a sweet spot for us. Um, we've tried more and it just gets hard to kind of find dates that work for everybody. And we've tried less and it just feels like there's not enough voices that, you know, to have the rounded input that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, usually it's there, they're nominated by current ex- existing board members. Um, or we have conversations of people who go, Hey, I'd be interested if, if you'd be willing to put my name up for that. And we used to do it like centered around an area, like so, so-and-so would be in charge of logistics or in charge of first impressions. Now we just kind of like, what's an inclination for you? And we'll, we'll kind of have you speak to that or have oversight and, and visual on that, but not necessarily you own that area. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of been how it works. We don't have term limits in terms of how many times somebody can su- successively serve on the board. Um, we kind of let it be uh, its own kind of feel. There's been some people who go, I'm tired, I'm ready to get off. Um, and then there's been others who are like, I think for longevity sake, I like staying on and, and being a part of this thing. If, if you'll continue to have me and, mm-hmm. and it, again, it comes to a vote, uh, an, a vote of affirmation amongst the existing board members, whether to extend another year of opportunity to each, each member too. So it's not like they get to make the call entirely. We get to do it on their own. And, uh, I serve as one voice among many, uh, on that team. So my vote isn't worth more. Um, not a tiebreaker. We have two external board members as well, um, who are pastors of different churches from other way, other areas. But, anyways, that's kind of how mm-hmm. our board is laid out, and uh, you'll see them around. I wish, I wish you could see them more. I wish there was like this is their only time that they're, they're really up front, but mm-hmm. they're in they're in the community, they're in the church community. They're serving. They're doing all of the all of the different things. Um, sorry, squeaky shoes again. <laughs> and I situate myself. Um, <laughs> And, uh, they're really good people Yeah, and, uh, it's encouraged. It's always encouraging for me to have a weekend like this last Sunday where, um, it's easy for me to meet with them, plan things, dream things, put things down on paper. Um, I grew up, my dad was a pastor at a church, various churches, not just the one in Pasco where he's at now, but, uh, Coeur d'Alene and Auburn before that. And there would be phases where, um, the board would be a difficult thing for my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can get the wrong people on there, unfortunately. And whether it's just internal politics or voices that, you know, need to be louder than other people's things or, and it's not that, oh, they j- didn't want to do what he wanted to do or, or weren't yes men or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's not it. It was, it just can be difficult. It can mm-hmm. be really hard when they want to focus on one thing and you're like, that's just not, essential to what our vision is and what our purpose is. So I'm super blessed to not have to worry about that. For sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Another question that came in was uh, a question about cats um, ministry in Cambodia. 
Um, Kat is a missionary that she used to attend East Lake and uh, started working with AIM, uh, AIM Missions in Cambodia, working in the fashion industry and creating a clothing line that would then sell on the internet. The money would then go to be able to pay the wages, fair wages for the women who are working at the factory in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Many of them coming out of the sex life industry and just needing help. And so this would be housing, food, board, all that kind of stuff. And uh, she's been doing she's been doing that for, man, how many years five now? Five years? Yeah, five yeah. years or so. Mm-hmm. And is actually currently like figuring out a transition, something, mm-hmm. handing some stuff off and taking on some new things. So um, our thoughts and prayers are with her. She yeah. kind of navigates like yeah. difference, you know, a difference, a, a, mm-hmm. a shift in stuff. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think she might actually be um, starting to work with a different organization doing similar work. So, yeah, it's I'm excited for her and yeah. hopeful for her. So, How many um, church, State of the Churches have you participated in? Because this is the first one we've ever done on Sunday morning. <laughs> Usually it's been um, like Sunday night. When did we start doing them on like yearly on Sunday night? Uh, oh, uh, probably, I think we've been doing it for like seven years probably. But they didn't always... Okay, so that like when the building, so probably like yeah, well yeah, probably when we moved into the building because I don't yeah. know if we did one at Southridge. I don't think we did them really at Southridge. Yeah. So probably Maybe six years then. like five. I don't think I came last year. Oh okay. Um, because I was student teaching and didn't have time for anything. Um, but other than that, I've usually I've generally come to all of them. Now so. this is the first one that you are uh, like paid as a staff member it's to true. be at. So it's you've true. come as a volunteer or concerned citizen. Uh, yeah, previously, you know, I have a high level of like responsibility in me. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what 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 do you look for? What do you what do you like about them? If you if you've kept coming back other than last year, um, um, what got you out of the door on Saturday night to come hear it? I don't know. Something like, to do. Resp- like responsibility, <laughs> accountability. Oh, I don't okay. know. That's just what you do. You're part of this community. You You're like the person thing. who gets the voters pamphlet and is like, I, I have to read this. I need to be an informed voter. Yeah, that, I am that person. <laughs> You're exactly right. You're not wrong. I mean, I grew up like in the church. So we went to church all the time. Yeah. Um, in we I grew up Presbyterian. And so we would have congregational meetings. Oh, yeah. They love those ones. Um, like usually like. I would say once or twice a year you have a congregational meeting. And so my parents always attended that and were part of that. So I like when you're part of that community, you just, that's what you do. Right. Was it a congregationalist church as in, did they have voting rights? Yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So So they were officially on the member ballot board and they would get voting rights for, yeah, I don't know exactly how that works, but in the Presbyterian church, they have, you know, they've like a pastor, but they have a group of elders. Yep. Um, who would usually like 10 ish somewhere around there, um, elders who are members of the church that are like the decision-making board. Um, and then they have like a group of then like kind of like the next group is deacons. Yep. Um, and they do more of the like, uh, pastoral care, like congregational care kind yeah. of work. Um, but they also are part of decision-making stuff. And the deacons um, were like a feeder to the, you, you kind of, a lot of times yeah. became a deacon and then that next step up would have would been be an, an elder. elder yeah. And then you serve your term limits and then you step back down to deacons Yeah, but it's for not like you can be, I think you're an elder for two years. They ask you to do two years. Yeah. Um, and then you can also, you can do it multiple years in a row, multiple okay. terms in a row. There's no like, I don't think there's like a limit on the number of times yeah. you can be an elder. Most people will stop being an elder after two years. 
Um, and then maybe later on, a few years later on, there'll be an elder again or something like that. Um, sometimes they're like, nope, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I grew up in a church that had similar format mm-hmm. and you had to be elected uh, to be onto the board. So any, I think anybody could have been a deacon just based on the nomination of the current elder board or the pastor. But then to become officially an elder, it was like the, the pastor nominates these four people. We do a congregational vote. Um, we, it's like an American idol sing off and then see who makes it to the elder board <laughs> Yeah, and then they serve and then they have to step down. Yeah. They, they can only do two terms successively and then they had to step off for one and then come back on. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot more congregational voting in terms of an elder board. And then, uh, when it came to pastoral, uh, um, affirmations, it was, um, the, if on a pastoral search committee, mm-hmm. the yep. elders would find, here's the top well, two. In the Presbyterian like. church, they create a whole new committee that yeah. Yeah. goes search, through yeah. and finds the people. But and that committee's lined up by the board. Usually, by yeah, the elders. by the elders. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a smaller subcommittee of yep. the elders. So mm-hmm. it's like, instead of all seven of them, it's like three of them. Yep. And then they weed out the top two candidates that they like. Then yep. those two candidates come in, speak, mm-hmm. and then the congregation votes and yep. then you see how many you get, which is always, it was always an interesting thing. It was like, yeah. I remember my dad going, if I don't get 80% of the vote, I don't think I want to take that job. Cause I don't think, <laughs> uh, you know, and yeah. you know, he only had two of them in his life. Cause he yeah. kind of came up as an associate pastor. And I'm not sure if in the Presbyterian church, it's like exactly that format. Like yeah. I think it might be slightly different, but it's really similar. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I grew up in that kind of church as well. And then they would do um, reaffirmations of not only the board members, but revote the pastor every five or six or oh. seven or so, so years. Did yeah. they do that there? I don't think so. Yeah. But they ended up taking that out of the the congregation mm-hmm. that we grew up in because it did feel like um, it just became it was just fodder for politics and yeah. whoever didn't mm-hmm. like. Yeah. the pastor speaking style or whatever. There's also like, um, I know in the Presbyterian church, the congregation approves the budget. Um, like oh, they, yeah. they talk about the budget and they do like a, yeah, I think they affirmative vote on yeah. the budget. Um, yeah, just other stuff like yeah. that. So, and then you come to East Lake and we don't vote about anything. No, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I didn't expect you to. <laughs> she shows up ready to hear, where's my pamphlet? <laughs> No, and we're like, I, no, we we don't do anything of that. I had no expectations that Eastlake would be anything like the churches I grew up in. Yeah, it's I weird. was also only a child. Like, I never was an adult participating in that system, really. So, like, my perception of it is obviously a little bit different. But we're like a hybrid because the alternative to a elder led board, which is a lot, very much a congregational sort of thing, because that none of them are on staff or paid in any mm-hmm. sort of way, no compensation, whatever. Um, the flip side of that, uh, a lot of the church plants in kind of the modern era are, ch- are pastor led boards where it's like the, there might be a board for accountability for the lead pastor, but he, he or she is the main decision maker. Uh, there is not really a vote. They just decide what they want to do and it, it can move fast. Um, and there, there is some appeal to it, especially as a church plant when you're like, I don't even know, um, who I would trust to, you know, if, if I'm just launching and now I'm supposed to bring on seven board members that I like, I've met, I've known for six months and mm-hmm. they're going to determine whether I have a job in a year. Like that's scary. Right. So a lot of pastors go, no, no, no I'll just, if I took the risk to plant this church, um, then I'm going to be the one that stays in control of it. And, uh, 
I feel like that gets dangerous the longer your church is around. Absolutely. Right, right. And so when we launched Eastlake, I had an immediately a board of three. I myself was on that. And then we had two externals for a total board of five. I like the external board because I think it provides some uh, like a a checks and balance for Mm -hmm. the internal stuff. Um, One of them was my best friend, Ryan. And then (laughs) the other one was Rich Ward when we first started. Yeah. I didn't know Rich that well. Um, and it turned out to be great cause Rich was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I got lucky cause it could have, it could have gone haywire. Although I also, also knew I had Ryan in my back pocket, yeah. so I always was going to win. It just might be two to three or, you know, two to one or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as we grew older, we knew we needed to expand. And so we expanded to five. And then we got to uh, eventually seven, which we found out is where we needed to. But early on, we decided um, this was not going to be a pastor-led church. Um, it's going to be an elder-led church. And the reason is because of the accountability. For it. The reason it gets dangerous because there's an ego thing. There's a lack of a accountability thing. There's a power thing. And and really, honestly, um, in a pastor-led church, when it's going good, it's really great. The, you know, everything, the pastor feels great. And when it's not going great, it feels like an indictment on his or her personality. Mm-hmm. And it's my fault it's not going good, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not healthy either. Nope. And um, so, and then you get into the money decisions and who sets the salary for all these staff members and the pastor himself and or herself or whatever. And that can get hairy as well. And so we said from the beginning and as a shield for my own, you know, potentially monster personality. Also <laughs> just out of wisdom for this, we're going to be like this weird yeah. hybrid. And it does mean, um, that we have, we did choose not to do congregational voting. We don't have a membership mm-hmm. per se. You can go through Eastlake 101 and, and you're, we can call it all in. Um, but the only voting members are the board, but that is also the lead. They supersede me. So, yeah. uh, that's, and anyways, so yeah. if you're ever wondering behind the scenes, what that looks like, that's basically kind of what it looks like. And the reason that we have the external elders too, um, is that's what we kind of see in the new Testament model, uh, the precedent of Paul, um, sort of operating as an external advisor for all of these churches that he writes to and plants. Like they have local leadership. He was writes to Timothy and P- Timothy's the pastor in the area. He's got his elders and here's the structure for how you set them up. And yet it seems like they appealed to Paul to say, Hey, we're having some issues internally. What do you think we should do? And here's his advice. And he seems to have some sort of authority to carry with that as well. It's not just advice, but it's also, here's my vote. Um, and so that's kind of what we see, um, in, in outsider's perspective. And Paul's a little bit older than Timothy. He's seen a little bit more. So our two external elders are in churches bigger than us. They're older than me. Um, they lead organizations that are bigger than ours. Um, and so that, uh, has been kind of a helpful boon in that way as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Anything else that you can think of that comes out for state of the church? No, I mean, no. Okay. I feel like it was, it was pretty, everyone was like, Oh, so hopeful. And I was up in the lobby. So like I heard most of it, but not necessarily all of it. You were still Um, reeling and recovering from seeing Zac Efron and Chris Hemsworth's (laughs) face melded together. They really need to make a baby. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Kylie and Kylie and Megan played a uh, name that mug game where we took two faces, push them together and, and see what comes out. And the first one was, uh, Justin Bieber and Steve Buscemi, which was awful. Yeah. Not awful. Googly. I looked like, yeah. uh, if, uh, 
if your wife Justin gave Bieber the most wildly inaccurate guesses. Oh, I bet she's. I, <laughs> we found the game that she's not good at. She's, yeah. she's good at so much. She so much. Saying things and one of them. She's she like, said Sean McVay for she's one like, of them. That's a guy. That's and a guy. You're like, like it's not a guy. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, no. You're just guessing the first semi-famous person you can think of. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was pretty great. Though. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a fun <laughs> game. You guys did a fantastic job with that. I did really well. That I'm because I know a lot of names. So clearly, I clearly. did pretty well. We made an announcement on Sunday at the end uh, that we are opening back up to two services. Oh, because that's another question that people yeah. had mm-hmm. with um, you know this phase two. What does phase two mean for churches? Nothing really. The reason being. There's different guidance that are issued for churches and religious organizations uh, that hasn't been updated since June 11th. So we're still operating under that. That's not to say that something could come down tomorrow that could change what we're at. That's been kind of the MO in the past. We just never know when it's coming. It just shows up and is like, okay, now you can't sing. Okay, now you can't, you know, now you can do this. Um, And so we're still operating with that kind of peace in mind. But uh, what we do know is that we've said from the beginning that uh, we've been following some school district stuff and wherever the school districts go, we'll, we'll go as well. And those are, uh, lo and behold, reopening. And so we're going to let them work out the bugs for the first couple of weeks. And then we're jumping back in March 28th. We're going to be doing two services, one at nine, one at 10 o'clock. The 10 o'clock is going to have kids. The nine is not. So the nine is basically what we're doing right now. So if you're immunocompromised, if you're still worried and, and, and want to play it safe, um, highly recommend coming at nine. Um, masks will be required, all that stuff. Um, and it's basically at this point, just going to be the talk just like this. We won't even live stream that one. That's going to be like a practice sesh. It's going to be like, <laughs> remember when I used to speak twice and the second one was always better. That's what we're going to get back to. Um, then I know the question that's, is like on top of concern of everybody's mind. What happens to Kylie and Megan? If we're back to two services, <laughs> great question. What happens is they're going to go on at nine 45, just like they have been doing. We're going to continue to live stream the 10 o'clock. So if all you've been doing is log- logging in from home and doing that, nothing is going to change on your end. Um, however, if you're a parent with children and have kind of graciously stayed away because you brought your kids once and you're like, I'll never do that again. <laughs> I don't want to sit in service with them. You can bring them at 10 o'clock and both of our uh, kids' rooms will be open. We're still uh, working through a start date for youth. So um, if you have a junior high or high school, um, they're welcome to sit with you in the mandatorium. We just don't have a start date in on paper for them. We're We're trying to like take bite-sized chunks of reopening. And so this is our, this is the next big bite. And mm-hmm. we have to get like teams and we have to get volunteers back in the room and, and back under background chat, all the, all the kind of weird details and the mm-hmm. rooms cleaned and the, the cleaning procedures in place and blah, blah, blah. So there's just a bunch yep. of logistics and it's gonna to change, work out. Like how we, how we get people into the building and what yeah. we do, like all of that's going to change. Yeah. So. And, uh, there's still going to be, um, RSVP online because there's going to be some, uh, room capacities specifically for our kids areas, just cause we're so limited on, on that. Um, so that will still be continuing to be the case. So please RSVP online. Um, and we'll let you know when that stops and you can just start showing up. You, I mean, you can show up and see, but I just can't guarantee a spot. So might as well just take it five minutes of your time and let us know you're coming. That helps us out, mm-hmm. uh, get ready for the room. So that is happening March 28th, the Sunday before Easter. So, uh, that's, that's the plan moving <laughs> forward. So mark your calendars, nice. yeah. get it ready. And yes, Kylie and Megan will still be there doing their game, <laughs> log in, play the game, all that good stuff. Uh, nice. All right. Let's do our something interesting. Yeah. You got I something? Opened, oh, so you I, go, I go first. first. Yeah. Okay. So I got, I'm on a text string with a bunch of pastor buddies. Um, and, uh, some of them texted out today, uh, 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 specifically one of the guys, his name is Dave Jane. He's from, uh, he's British. Okay. Uh, and he's from the UK. 
Is he Scotland? I don't know. I, I, he's just British. Did he come visit? No, he is not. Oh, he's not. I just one. met him just okay. on the, our, our last trip that we went to. And uh, he sent out today a picture of in Scotland, they track where their salt trucks have been. Oh, fascinating. Yes. They ha- there's a map that you can go to, an <laughs> online interactive map uh, that has all of them on there. So you can know what roads would be like, you know, safe to go on or whatever, or not safe to go on. They call it trunk road gritter tracker. Wow. They call them grit trucks there. Uh, and here's the best part of it all. There's a, here's, here's the map as you can see. So all the greens uh-huh. are like, you're good to go. And this yeah. is the direction they're going. All the reds are like, we ha- we're not there yet. So like, don't like, don't go that way. Yeah. Be careful on that one. Slow, yeah. slow down a little bit. But the best part is they name all of their trucks. Oh, that's really hilarious. It is. <laughs> so there's one called William Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> Wallace. Um, there's uh, Frosty. There's Veruca Salt, which is great. Uh, Bear Chills. Um, let's see. Gritty Gonzalez, uh, Sweet Child of Brine. Oh, my brine word, Brian Salt. Uh, salt Disney is one of them. Um, Lord Coldemort. Nice. Yeah. And You're a Blizzard, Harry. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and Sir Salter Scott. Those are all na- legit names of Scotland hmm. ice trucks. I love it. That you can track where they're going and where they're going to next so you can plan your trips I to Scotland. I wish that Americans had that kind that's, of humor. That's, that's great creativity. How have we not done this, guys? That's like, it's not even that hard. Yeah. I, yeah. They, Bear chills. Love thank it. the world for Britain. That's yep. all I have to say. <laughs> Sled Zeppelin. That's another Sled one. Sled Zeppelin. <laughs> Buzz Ice Clear. All right. That's enough. I love it. Yep. What do you um, got? Mine is about food grammar. So food grammar is the idea of that there's like unspoken kind of cultural ways of eating food, either like the order of it or like what you do. So like in America, spaghetti and meatballs is a big thing. We yeah. love that. It's amazing. In Italy, that's like who would serve their meat and their pasta at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, so you have like the, you have your like appetizer, antipasto, and then you have your like pasta dish, which doesn't usually have meat in it necessarily. And then you would have your meat and then you would have a salad at the end of your meal and then dessert, right? So that's like- Salad at the end? Yeah. That's the order that you eat. That's bonkers. That's the order you eat food in Italy. Um. And then there's just like little things like that all over the world. And apparently it's called food grammar. And so just like, you know, like speaking English in America is different than speaking English in England or South Africa or wherever. Um, So you see those little differences and changes in how one would eat food or what's acceptable to eat together, um, depending on where you are. So that was cool. I saw another one. There's another I know one. you're not watching The Bachelor right now because you're not, not a Bachelor watcher. I am. The guy the guy's on his name's Matt James. Is he the, is he the black guy? He is. Okay. Yeah. And um <laughs> he in the conversations that they record with the girls, right? Has mentioned no less than 3 times that he orders dessert before dinner. Like he thinks that's the most interesting thing about him that he cannot <laughs> wait to bring up to all the girls. And everybody's it's like the first time you're like you're kind of a monster. Uh like that you do that this food grammar piece. And then um, later, you're like, God, we get it, man. You're crazy. I get it. Like, I don't- Sometimes I eat dessert before dinner when I'm like, at home. Oh, come on. But, Are you serious? Yeah, sometimes. No, not like real dessert. Like you have a cookie. Like I get that. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the noodles. No, to- but like I won't eat dessert after dinner then. Like I'll just eat it. 
before. <sighs> That's crazy. But it's not like that me- intentional that necessarily. with your flavor profile, doesn't it? Doesn't <laughs> it like, it's like I'm all like super sweet and now I got to go have something savory? <laughs> not no. necessarily. No, that's backwards. Not necessarily. Sorry. I don't know. They, in the article, they gave some like other like weird foods that people eat. So like in Japan, they apparently serve just a burger with like demi glaze on it. Like that's what, that's a dish that they have in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Which Americans would be like, uh, Where's all the other stuff that goes with it? <laughs> oh, like no bun, no, no, no just lettuce, like just a, a glaze. burger patty Ooh. with like a demi. That's what I, I, that's what happens when I don't have any buns, and I'm like, I just throw a burger on the grill, and I'm yeah, like, I don't like, want to eat it with bread, so I'll just. Why not? Eating it with bread is so really weird. yummy. No, that's so weird. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, food grammar. All right, food grammar. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you uh, enjoy your own food grammar style, whatever yeah. it is, uh, this evening or this week as you go back into 25% full restaurants <laughs> and uh, enjoy all of that. Um, this week, we start a brand new series called How to Be Unlucky. It's going to be a little three-parter, and I hope you can be a part of that. Series on virtue. Uh, anything else? I'm good. Okay, all right. great. Have a good week, guys. Talk Bye. to you later. Bye.